This, 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 this show is brought to you by Safety FM. What's up, peeps? Welcome back to Rebound Safety. This week, podcast exclusive episode. I'm going to be thinking out loud all about blame. It's a difficult one to get our head around, but let's jump into the intro and I'm just going to waffle on for about 20 minutes, half hour-ish. The problem in safety isn't deviation, it's complexity. Health and safety has gone mad. Health and safety is trying to unpick having gone mad in the past. There's no one solution and one problem. The problem is that we are looking for one solution. Does the structure of the team allow them to flourish? Feel safe enough to be uncomfortable. The environment defines our behaviours. People aren't the problem, they're the solution. Rebranding safety, crushing a stereotype. Brought to you by Risplit. What's up, peeps? Welcome back to Rebound and Safety. Rebound and Safety is a YouTube channel and podcast doing exactly what it says on the tin. So if you're new here, hit that subscribe button and the bell and all those magical algorithm button buttons. I am your host today, James McPherson. Hopefully you remember me. Hopefully you know who I am. Anyway, today I'm going to tell you a little story about my day. And then I am going to talk about blame because today I was blamed for something, for a mistake that I made in a very hectic situation, a complex environment. And um, it's made me reflect. And in the moment, it made me fucking scream out loud and strangle the person that blamed me. But let's just quickly talk about the sponsors before I get into my little rant. So just a quick note about Project Malichium. Project Malichium is not sponsoring Rebound Safety because it's my company. So I'm just giving a little note about it. But Project Millennium is the community for safety professionals that is focused all around your professional development. It's kind of modeled on the mastermind community. It's a mixture of community calls, which run on Wednesdays and Fridays, all focused about keeping you motivated, keeping you focused, helping solve your challenges. Um, and then a book club on mon- on, the, on a monthly basis, which is all focused around challenging new ideas and reading books and learning from it and learning from what other people learn from that book. And then we finish off the quarter with a quarterly wagon wheel, which is all about pushing ourselves. It's all about helping each other push ourselves in a safe environment. So we have a keynote, then we have a workshop with that keynote. And then we'll have a session where one of our members can volunteer to talk about a challenge they're having right now and the whole community will help them out. And then we'll finish with some goal setting for the quarter. That's not all you get. So obviously you get the monthly newsletter, um, which is exclusive to members only, um, which is full of stuff. You also get access to our resource library. If you want to get a taster of what, what that resource library is like, you can go to our website, www.projectmillium.com and go click on free stuff and then Part of our resource library is there free of charge. So stuff that's kind of publicly available that we pick up on our travels and our conversations, we dump in there just so that everyone can get hold of it. So you can get a bit of a taster of what that resource library is like. And also in the next couple of months, we'll have online courses coming. Two new courses a year will be uploaded for members only. You're outside of Project Millennium, you will have to pay for those courses, but it's included in your membership. Let's quickly talk. Oh, my music stopped. God, this track's only two minutes, 16 seconds long. I think that's why I stopped using it. Jesus. Um, let's talk about the official sponsor of Rebrand Safety, 
Drum roll, please. I don't have a drum roll. Um, I do have an audience. Yeah. Paradigm Human Performance. More specifically, the HSC subscription service. So, Paradigm Human Performance, HSE subscription service. What is that? Well, this is the perfect solution for your leg, legislative... I can always struggle to say that word. Leg, leg, I've lost it now. It's gone. For your legal compliance, for, for your legal compliance, for your regulatory compliance, for all of those things. Industry compliance as well, because some industries have their own very specific set of rules. You're trying to tick all of that stuff. But you're an SME. You're a small, medium-sized business. You're, you're spinning loads and loads of plates. You, you you don't not focus on safety, but it's kind of there and you're like, maybe we should do a bit more work on this. I think we're all right. We haven't really had many incidents or many big incidents. And, you know, no one's moaning about it. But maybe we should look at this one day. And it just kind of doesn't get done because you're just so busy. Um this is the solution for you. So it's a monthly subscription starting at £99 a month and it changes depending on the size of your company. You get an initial visit and then it will help you get the foundations that you need, which is focus on, on appreciating the worker's experience, the worker's subject matter expertise and building that legal compliance all around the DNA of worker safety, understanding the worker. And remember, Paradigm Human Performance are human organizational performance experts. So this is this is kind of safety one foundations that everybody needs, but you don't have to declutter it later on. It's, it's already done through that kind of safety two lens, so to speak. So it's the ultimate package if you are just thinking about going, yeah, I need to focus on this stuff or you're the safety professional trying to do it and you just need a little bit of help for that small, medium-sized business and, and they offer solutions all the way up to those massive businesses. This is the option for you, 100%. So go check them out, website, email address, phone number, all in the description below. And if you're not sure who Paradigm are and you want to check them out first, then you can go to the website and you can get yourself signed up to the learning organization webinar so you can get experience of who they are, the team, what they look like and how much they know and their subject matter expertise. And trust me, you won't regret it. It's a great webinar. So go check that out as well. Okay, without further ado... Let's talk about my day. So, got up this morning, crack of dawn, early one this morning. I got up at five for my new routine of a bike ride on a Sunday morning with my friend Graham. So I get on the bike, gorgeous day. Oh my God, it's such a gorgeous day. I go for a nice bike ride, I get back. The day is lovely. The day is young. The morning is young. And I'm like, All right, okay, got to get the dog walk now. So I said to the fam, do you want to walk the dog with me? Yes, was the answer. So we go to a local place called Rushton Lakes. It's a local local shopping complex. Very busy on a Sunday morning. Uh, on, a, on a Saturday morning. It's a very popular place. Uh, but there's a nice dog walk there. Hence, lakes. So you walk around the lake. Nice little dog walk. Just a nice place to be. We go there quite a lot. But when it's busy, the roads are just horrendous, right? So you go and you imagine a wide road that can fit two cars parallel down the road, right? And there's one arrow 
in the middle of the road. So this looks like just one wide road. And then what a busy day is they pay people to stand in the middle of the road and they split it into two lanes. And they've got paint on the road and stuff like that, which all makes it look and run like one road, except when they've got these guys and girls standing there, poor people standing in the middle of this road, just signaling it's two lanes, right? And this just causes shit all the time. It causes havoc. Just paint a line down the middle and make it two roads, right? Two lanes, sorry. Anyway, this causes havoc, people trying to overtake, people not letting people in front of each other. It's really busy. And then you've got every couple of yards or every couple of hundred yards maybe, you've got uh, a crossing with a speed bump on it to slow you down and then it's a crossing for pedestrians, right? Well, today we're going through there. I'm on the right-hand side of this lane with the intention of parking on the right-hand side. But I remember, oh, the parent-child spaces are on the left-hand side, right? So I'm like, okay, I need to pull over to the left lane and then I need to get in one of those spots. The spot's coming up and I can see it's empty. Um, there's a guy on the left-hand side of me and he cuts me up, gets in front of me, cuts me up and goes for it. I'm like, fucking hell, Jesus Christ. It's a really pressured situation, busy everywhere. You're trying to get to it. There's loads going on. There's loads going on, right? And I'm, okay, right, I'm going to pull over into the left-hand lane. This is like my brain talking to myself. I don't talk to my wife, like tell her what I'm doing. And um, and, and my wife goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. And there was this kid just like riding along the middle of the road. And I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. Now you can feel the pressure building up, right? So I get into the left-hand lane and I go to pull into the parent-child space on the left-hand side, right? Just as I'm pulling in, bang, another kid rode into the side of my car. I didn't check my mirror. Or if I did, it was subconscious and I didn't see him. I don't know. But I do not remember consciously checking my mirror. So I was at fault. I made a mistake. Luckily, the little boy was okay. Me and my wife were like, are you all right, mate? He was like, I'm sorry. I was like, no, no, no. Are you all right, mate? And he, he was just kind of embarrassed, really. And then he, he rode off. But before he rode off, a lady, another pedestrian completely not this not this boy's mum or anything. Um, you could tell, by the way, she just kind of walked off later on. Um, she comes over, right? She shoots me a shit-ass look, right? Looks like I just shit on her daughter. She, well, I, if it was her turn, I'd just kind of hit him on my car. But she looks, shoots me the shitty look, right? And she's like really loudly. She's like, don't worry, wasn't your fault, not your fault. Are you all right, darling? Really blatantly trying to make me feel like a fucking douche. I already feel like a douche. I've just hit a child with my car. Like, I already feel really embarrassed, really upset, like, worried that I'd hurt this child. And he just went, yeah, and rode off, right? And then she just walks off, shoots me a glance and walks off. So I'm like, excuse me, have you got a problem? And she's like, yeah, you want to take more care next time? I'm like, well, thank you for that. So me and my wife have a little interaction with this lady. As you can imagine, it wasn't very pleasant. But she full-on blamed me, right? And in theory... So she should. I just hit a child with my car. I'm an arsehole. I'd made a mistake. It could have been worse. And I know that. And I hold myself accountable for that. But the kid was all right and he rode off. It doesn't make any, it doesn't justify it. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not defending myself here. I want to talk about 
is blame because she automatically blamed me. But there's a lot of context to this situation. Even if I did look in that mirror, that kid came out of nowhere. Now, if you don't know my wife, and you probably haven't been in a car with her, if you have, it's kind of weird. But she's pretty good at keeping an eye on stuff that's going on when I'm driving, to the point where it gets a bit annoying sometimes. While I'm driving, she's like, <gasps> it's a bit annoying. But nine times out of ten, it's my it's my comfort blanket. It makes sure that I don't miss anything. And today we both miss it. This kid came out of fucking nowhere, right? Should he have been riding the road like that? No, he was a little kid. Well, he wasn't a little kid. He was like, I don't know, teenager. But like, he was a kid. Should have been riding the road like that. No, were both of them whizzing around like fucking madmen? Yes, definitely they were. But I had the ultimate liability there. I was in a car. I was in an engine and a mechanical beast. I have mandatory insurance, which deems me to have a higher set of responsibilities. So I'll always be found culpable by the legislation. Oh, just knocked something off my desk. Um, so I was at fault, 100%. I never denied that. But this woman didn't give me a chance. She jumped on me. And this is my point here, right? Blame was a natural reaction to her. She looked at me like I'd shit on her daughter. She looked at me like I was the worst thing in the world. And it cut me. It really did. It cut straight in, right? But it was a natural, natural reaction. And I had another podcast planned for today, but I wanted to talk about this because blame's been on my mind for a long time. And I, and I, was, I experienced it today. Oh, music's gone off. And I experienced it today. And it just made my brain think on this dog walk now of my wife, like, wow. And I, and I know what's going on. I know that she's talking to her husband or uh, her wife or her girlfriend or a boyfriend or a, her mum or dad or whoever. She'll be talking to somebody, a friend's family, whatever, right? She'll be like, oh my God, I was at Russian Lakes today. And this complete asshole just, just completely just rid off the road, didn't even look and just ran straight into this child. And that'll be it. End of story. Now, how much of our work does that? How many of our safety investigations do that exact thing? And she's like, oh my God, yeah. So I just looked at him and I gave him this right day look. I made sure the kid was all right. And then and then he, he had the audacity to like ask me what the problem was and why I was giving me a shitty look. Like, you can just imagine it, can't you? Blame for her was just so natural. To Charles Perrault's kind of uh, point, it, it's a delicious emotion, isn't it? And, and I put a comment on James Pomeroy's uh, post the other day saying we're addicted to blame. And now I, don't, I actually don't think we're addicted to it. I think it's a natural reaction. We naturally go to it straight away. So I wanted to talk about it because I, I think it is very easy for us to say we don't blame and so on and so forth. And I'll come, I'm going to come around to those kind of sayings and platitudes in a minute. Um, but I think we need to acknowledge that blame is, is kind of in our genetics. It's, it's kind of human nature. It's kind of like humans are fallible, but they're also like, they're also addicted to blame. It's all, they're also blame, blamey. Is that a word? They're also really blamey. Like we love, we're fallible and we're blamey because we like it. And we like to think that we're better than everyone else and we would never make that mistake. That lady likes to think that she would never make that mistake. And the day that she does make that mistake, because she fucking will make that mistake... Will she be blamed? Yes, she will. Will she feel as upset as I did? Yes, she will. 
Will she look back on this and go, actually, I blame that guy for doing pretty much the exact same thing I've just done? No, she won't. Because she'd have forgot. Because blame is just a reaction to us. I don't think it's a thought process, it's a reaction. We automatically do it. Our question is always a who done it. Think about what you watch at the end of the day, long day at work. What do you love to sit down and watch? What did most of the UK like to sit down and watch? A good old whodunit. It is one of the most long-standing TV shows going. Think about all the other TV shows. Think about the stuff we've watched recently. Game of Thrones. All about whodunit. How many wars, how many things, of murders and assassinations throughout that storyline were based on blame. You did that, so I kill you. You did that, so I kill you. Blah, blah, blah. Think about any gang film. We're re-watching Sons of Anarchy at the minute. Hashtag great show. Right? Oh, my God. It's like blame, 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 left, right, and centre. And none of them, none of them take any effort to do any kind of investigation. And when somebody, Jack, normally, one of the main characters, decides to go, oh, actually, I'm going to do a bit of investigation here, they're all like, oh, what the fuck are you doing? No, we know it's the Mayans. We're just going to shoot them up, bro. I have no idea why they, they don't talk like that. So... We're, we're like, we're not just like, it's, it's, a, it's a natural reaction. It's something we watch for enjoyment. It's, it's in our newspapers. It's in our phones. It's everywhere. It's absolutely everywhere. We love it. Line of duty. The whole thing is about blame. The entire show is about finding who's to blame. And we are addicted to it. One hundred percent addicted to it so how do we deal with that well first i think we need to acknowledge that it exists i think we need to acknowledge that it's a natural reaction for us i think we need to acknowledge that we are addicted to it socially and but i also think we need to acknowledge that we're surrounded by it we're surrounded by it molded by it sorry that just reminded me of that line from uh, Bane and, and the new Batmans. So good. Anyway, I was distracted then. We are surrounded by it. Moulded by it. It is literally everywhere. Every TV show, every news story, blame, blame, blame. It's all we're trying to do. Think of Grenfell. What does everybody want imminently? What does everybody want yesterday? someone to blame we are 100 percent in this so we're in it we're 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 surrounded by it it's, it's part of us it's like so ingrained in what we do and who we are and what we watch and how we entertain ourselves, that how could we ever have a workplace that doesn't blame? So, in theory, does, ironically, the 
very popular new view notion of we don't blame or we're blame free or can't blame and learn not take into account the context of blame which would be ironic if that is the case because the whole ethos of new view is to take in the context of of everything and not blame but are we blaming people that blame for blaming <laughs> so how can we tell someone to not blame without taking in the context of how inherently ingrained in our society and our way of life and our, 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 our the definition of who we are that it's blame so so without taking that into a into account how could you take how could you ever achieve a world that doesn't blame could you ever achieve a world without blame so am i saying i don't agree with the notion of you can't learn and blame no i am not because today i experienced it firsthand that woman would have an opportunity to learn from my mistake by looking at it and going hmm how could I not? How could I? How could I make sure that doesn't happen to me? How could I not be that James, and accidentally hit that kid? Well, technically, I'd just like to clarify: I didn't hit the kid. The kid technically hit me. I turned and he into me. But as a cyclist, it was even more painful. Um, so, but yeah. Anyway. So the notion would be that because she assumed blame, she issued blame straight away by giving me a shitty look and then shouting at us, um, is that she then operates on the assumption that she is better than us, therefore she will, will not need to learn. That's kind of the assumption of the blame conversation. If you blame, you stop learning. You can't learn and blame because inherently if you blame, you're saying that they're at fault and you're not taking in the context, therefore you're not learning from said context. Yeah. So do I agree with that notion? 100%. I am on the bandwagon. I get it. But my issue with this is that I think the platitudes of we don't blame, are blame free, can't blame and learn, I think they're platitudes. I think the last one may be, it's like a principle of hop, so... It will give or take, paraphrasing, but it, it it's it's kind of like it, it's it's not it's not achievable. So in a way, is blame the new vision zero? So when we talk about zero harm and we slag that off with something wrong because it's not achievable, is blame free the new zero harm? Zero blame. Will we start to see zero blame? When you start to look into this stuff, it doesn't actually really exist. So Todd says you can't blame and learn. He doesn't say you can't blame. Sidney Decker made the causality tree the root not causality tree the let me get my book out and i'll tell you what it's called it's the just culture 
um, oh, bloody hell, what's it called? Just Culture Culpability Tree? Just Culture Blame Tree. <laughs> no, that's got a better name than that. Bear with me, people. Let me put some music on for you. Oh, it's going to annoy me if I don't. Organisational Climate Survey. Here we go. Culpability Decision Tree. And this, I'm sure this was formed by Sydney Decker. Well, it's in the DOE manual. I think it might be influenced by Sydney Decker. Uh, either way, Q HPI Handbook, kind of like the foundation, the holy grail of hot. In there, Culpability Decision Tree. So blame exists. Blame exists in hop. A just culture, just, as in justice, means that blame does exist, but it's just in theory. Now, don't get me wrong, I have a lot more work to do around the just culture thing. So, you know, I could be I could be missing something really big here. And if I am, anybody feel free in comments or whatever, post on tag me on LinkedIn, message me, whatever. Um, do it publicly so that other people can learn as well. But be nice about it, yeah? Don't be a dick. Don't blame. You get me? <laughs> so my, my, my process here is I don't think the academics, and, and again, prove me from, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think the academics say you can't blame. I think what they say is you can't blame and learn, which I agree with. And I think they don't say don't ever blame. I think they say, just be aware that if you blame, it's going to have these negative connotations to it. So my thought process on this is that saying things like we're a blame-free organisation, we don't blame as an organisation, for me, are the new Vision Zero. They're the new view version of Zero Harm. And I don't think it helps. I think it just gives people that don't understand New View and they would potentially maybe want to attack it, don't, uh, it gives them ammo. So I think it was John Green that said, and I might be wrong, but I think it was John Green and I think it wasn't on my podcast, I think it was a Colin's podcast, Colin Knowledge, Interesting Health Safety Podcast. I think he says in there, that safety two done badly is more dangerous than safety one done badly. So new view is more dangerous if you do it incorrectly than old view done badly. And I, I, I think I, I think that's a really good point. And I, and I think things like we don't blame, we, we're a blame-free organisation, I think that is dangerous that headline that platitude that helicopter view quote i think it's dangerous and i think it's just another vision zero i think it's bullshit i think it is a platitude i think it's rhetoric and i don't think you actually live by it because i bet i bet you will blame your ceo if something went seriously wrong because the law will the law will hold him to account. They will find him or her culpable. How funny is that? I just said him and I had to correct myself. It's things that are ingrained in our brains. It's terrible, isn't it? 
We'll work our way out of that, the same as we'll work our way out of blame. Or will we? It's really, really interesting. Now, here's, I'm, I'm just throwing problems out there, aren't I? So here's a solution. Here's a solution. Firstly, accept blame exists. Accept it exists, accept we're surrounded by it, and it pretty much defines who we are and the society we live in. Accept that we are fucking addicted to it and we love it, right? And it's a natural knee-jerk reaction. So once we're mindful for that, we can probably acknowledge it and, and probably stem it before we get, take it too far, right? Acknowledge that legally it exists and people do have a responsibility legally and they can therefore be blamed. And don't aspire to having a blame-free society, but understand that you can't learn and blame, which I do stand by. I think that's a good, a good helicopter quote. I do think that's a good principle that the two can't go hand in hand. And maybe they can, maybe they can. But as a, as a base level principle, as something to kind of define yourself by, I think it's a good one to have. But lastly, I think one of the key, key things here is understanding the difference between culpability and accountability. Now, before I go into that, just curious, hops, principles are slightly different aren't they because you've got todd did his book the five principles of hop but they're not the original principles are they? you've got the doe manual let me see if what's their principle around blame i've got a funny feeling there's nothing in there about that people are fallible even the best people make mistakes error likely situations are predictable manageable and preventable Individual behavior is influenced by organizational processes and values. People achieve high levels of performance because of encouragement and reinforcement received from leaders, peers, and subordinates. Events can be avoided through understanding of reasons, mistakes, the re sorry. Events can be avoided through an understanding of the reasons mistakes occur and application of lessons learned from past events or errors. Well, bugger me, my suspicions were correct. The blame and learn line doesn't exist in a DOE manual, which is very much the foundations of safety, which comes from the impo stuff. So actually, whilst they might talk about blame in this, I haven't finished reading it yet, but I work out of it quite a bit. It it doesn't it doesn't really touch on it. And and in in that same book, you've got it's not in this one, this is volume one, but in volume two, you have the culpability tree so they are acknowledging that blame exists they are outright giving you a tree to decide on how the fuck to blame someone so they are not not only are they saying it it exists they're saying here's how you fucking do it <laughs> so it's quite the opposite of what todd was saying now i'm not saying todd is wrong i'm not saying i don't agree with todd I agree with the line. I really do think it's a good principle for us to have, or at least something to remind ourselves of on a regular basis. But just curious that it's not in the original principles. So just a thing to note. And, and I'm nowhere near a hop expert. So, you know, someone might say, actually, yeah, it's not in those bits, but it is in this bit. All right, fair enough. So in summary, 
it exists, and I think that the original hop have acknowledged that. But the difference between culpability and accountability in layman's terms. So if we were to, and I should have got this prepared, but if we were going to look at the definition of accountability, right? Accountability is a fact or condition of being accountable, responsible. The fact or condition of being accountable, responsible. What about culpability? Culpability. Culpability is responsibility for a wrong or fault. Blame. Straight up, culpability is blame. It's your level of blameworthiness, right? It's being found culpable. But accountability then. Accountability is a fact or condition of being accountable. For me, for me, and I'm no fucking English expert, professor, whatever, but just for me, I think accountability, and I've said this before, accountability is a private thing. It's a personal thing. I think you you can't make someone be accountable. I think you can create the systems in which they choose to be accountable. But I think that, in my opinion, accountability is a personal thing that we choose to be or not to be. I don't think that someone can be held to account. In theory, they can, you know, through the courts, and that, that is a saying, I get it. But in, in, in this context, I don't think someone can be made to be accountable. And I don't think that companies can hold someone to account. I think what they can do is detail their responsibilities, which is your responsibility. You are responsible to do this in your job description. This is what you must do. That's your responsibility, right? If you don't do that, I could potentially try to work out your blameworthiness of the resulting failure of you to do your job, the results of the failure of you not doing your job. Therefore, I could try to determine your culpability. But only you and only uh, you only you and you alone can decide whether you are accountable. Because I think that depends on psychological safety. I think it depends on the systems you've, you've got in place or whether you allow them to be accountable. For me, accountability is very much like what we used to call pride in our work. Taking pride in our work for me is accountability. And culpability, which is blame, is something that we decide at a later date from an investigation where we understand the context of that situation. And ultimately, we may decide to come to the position of culpability. But the learning comes prior to the culpability decision. So for me, it's not we can't learn and blame. Whilst I do kind of like that, I actually think it's we learn first, and then we might decide whether we're going to blame or not. But our priority is to learn, not blame. So anyway, that's my thoughts and feelings and experience of today of being blamed for a mistake I made in which I hold myself accountable and could potentially be found culpable. But I was definitely blamed. And I felt really, really bad about it. Thanks for listening, guys. 
and girls. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. I shall catch you in the next one. Where, oh, actually, I said I was going to talk about what's coming up, didn't I? I and I haven't done that. My apologies. I'm trying to get my schedule. So, what have we got coming up then? I said I was going to do this in the last one. I didn't. So, you've just had Mike and Steve and Matt Hodges Long. So, obviously, you've noticed that the reflection episodes are coming on the Wednesday of the week that that podcast interview came out. Um, the reason for that is we've so many pre-recorded interviews that we've done that we've just picked up over the times and, and so on, especially through COVID. We've got so much content that if we were to put one out a week, which was the original plan, it would be nearly two years before some of them went out, which was just nuts. You know, Matt Hodges Long that went out was like six months old. That's just come out the other week. It was six months old. So like this stuff, time flies quick, peeps. Anyway, so what we've got coming up, we've got Mike and Steve coming up. I've uh, had that, sorry, Matt, I've uh, had my Steve, and then you had your reflection. Laura uh, Orcott's got a last episode of a quarterly co-host just next week. And then we've got the amazing part one and part two conversation with the amazing Helen Heenan, which I'm really, really, really excited about. This is such a good little podcast. The first one, we kind of just talking about Helen and her experiences through COVID. And then we really get into kind of creating a psychologically safe environment in a training situation. And then we kick off with Q2's quarterly, uh, Q3 actually, Q3 quarterly co-host with Rob Fisher, where he's going to take us through three steps to his version of new safety. Um, and you can just check out his podcast as well, The Essential Leadership Cycle. And we've got so much more content coming up, but that'll be three episodes from Rob Fisher. And I shall tell you more about the other content coming up at a later date. But the next few weeks, you're going to hear from Helen Heenan. You're going to hear from me again, obviously. God knows what I'll be talking about next week and then, or next month. And then you've got the first episode of Quarterly Co-Host with Rob Fisher. And then I'll tell you about Q4, which is a good one later on. Okay, peeps, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I hope you've enjoyed the story about me getting blamed today. I hope you've enjoyed my th- thoughts and feelings and and kind of thinking out loud around blame i may be way off base but have a think and let me know because i think this is a really powerful conversation for us to have and one that we need to keep having it's one that we've had at project elite about four or five times and we've gone over the, the the kind of time of the call each time so it is something that we can just talk about forever so don't forget to check out Project Militium if you want to come and join us and really, really drive your professional development up the wazoo. And don't forget to check out Paradigm Human Performance as well. Otherwise, I'll catch you next week. Safe. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the host and its guest and do not necessarily reflect the position of the companies. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are examples only based on limited and dated open source information and should not be utilised in real life as the only solution available. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the companies. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic or otherwise, without prior written permission from James McPherson. Thank <laughs> you.